0: This is an excerpt from Black Lives Matter's website uh, under what we believe, about halfway down. We practice empathy, we engage comrades with the intent to learn about and connect with their context. We make our spaces family friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they can mother in private even as they participate in public justice work. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirements by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, To the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. We foster a queer affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather, the belief that all the world are heterosexual, unless he, he, or they disclose otherwise. We cultivate an intergenerational and communal network free from ageism. We believe that all people, regardless of age, show up with the capacity to to lead and learn. We embody and practice justice, liberation, and peace in our engagements with one another. Now, does anything kind of jump out at you? Um, that last sentence, we embody and practice justice, liberation, and peace in our engagements with one another. That's within that group, isn't it? Uh,
1: since, since they say they, uh, uh, they are making spaces, family, family, uh, they make their spaces. We make our spaces family friendly.
0: Uh, uh-huh. I would
1: say that it, I would say that it supposedly is within their spaces.
0: Their tribe. Yeah. Now another another interesting thing here is uh, especially our children. Okay, the villages are collectively care for one another, especially our children. You go on and listen to Hannity's uh, interview with the father of that dead kid that was in Seattle, or the eight year old girl in Georgia that was gunned down, or the nine year old football player in Chicago, and see if they feel like. Uh, anybody cares about their children and so i guess the reason i thought i hadn't read this i thought might be thought it might be of some interest to our listeners it appears to me that they are uh, uh, at a minimum a homosexual organization Or they certainly (laughs) encourage
2: it. Um,
0: So so keep in mind, they're painting this BLM all over America. Unheathered, unquestioned. I'm talking about in downtown Austin, Texas, about a half a mile or a mile down Main Street. BLM. So I guess I I just wanted to clarify in case anybody didn't know that when you start talking about villages and collectives, the word collective and uh, we, 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 this is is not anything different than Cuba, Russia, um, China. I suspect they're getting their training from China, but I don't know. Chinese intellectuals. Maybe it's maybe it's coming out of Russia, but make no mistake about it. This country that we live in is in the fight for its uh, very existence. And you can call them commies. You can call them Talmudic Jews. You can call it whatever it is. But it's at the end of the day, it's anti-Jesus Christ people. Probably, amen. Probably a lot of that's motivated by the crap that was thrown down their throats in their Catholic churches. But I don't know that for sure. It's just a thought. You know, they they rebelled, and well, the truth I, may not have set them free. I was just going to say they may have never heard the truth, but it could just be a bunch of uh, rebellious people.
1: Oh, it, it clearly is. I've never gone to this, this, this website, Black Lives Matter, certainly not the what we believe. Um, and uh, I have to agree with you, it sounds a lot like it's nothing more than a um, a sodomite organization that is using <laughs> is using race as their way to
0: um, achieve a goal to
1: take, yeah, to take up the mantle or achieve, uh, you know, uh, accomplish an objective. And as a result, um, there's probably a lot of people affiliated and associated with it that don't even know what they actually believe. They're just another one. It's kind of like Judaism, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. the vast majority of them professing to be Jews don't have a clue what their religion or religious leaders uh, believe in or are about Uh, Mm -hmm. similar to communism socialism and even Christianity. Mm Mm-hmm yeah you know. But yeah, so, we make our spaces family friendly and enable parents uh, uh, to fully participate with their children. What kind of an environment have they had at these Black Lives Matter uh, you know uh, or, uh, organized um, uh, we call them? Uh, rally fest, <laughs> crime fest and yeah crime and,
0: fest good. <laughs> well you know where i heard this i heard this from a black man last night on uh on a uh pod or something on it was on the internet that cindy said listen to this he's he's an ex-football player and he said, I was raised in the South with values, Christian home. And he mm-hmm. goes, so out of curiosity, I went and looked up this Black Lives Matters website and read this, and he said, that's not me. That's not me at all. I I, I live for my family. My family's very important to me, and I'm not sharing it. No. I don't want to share it with the village. And, um, of course, he prefaced all this with saying he's a Christian with Christian values. So, you know, of course he'd be diametrically opposed to this, but to have the courage to come out and say it for whoever was listening, I thought, was, was a good thing. Because we must never forget that um uh, there are races you know there are different races and god should be kind to them because you were once in a foreign land yourself big shots so treat them correctly accordingly justly i think that's the key word don't you treat them justly and just as if it's the way you'd want to be treated, and and uh, and have your sn- sniffer up when you see that they uh, they use this this thing for for their agenda, like you said earlier.
1: Yeah, you know, and another interesting thing about this that it just occurred to me as well is the funding that is going to this, isn't it interesting to recognize the funding that is going into this organization, recognizing what we have with the pedophilia groups and the pedophilia, the money in pedophilia, pedophilia and um, the um, you know, the elites that are involved in that, Uh, they've they've Mm got tons of money Um, oh yeah so you can certainly see now a a more distinct clarity to that and secondly is the use of the word comrade that that's not by accident either. (laughs) exactly
0: that hopped out at me as well
1: so Uh, so what we have just like
0: at my dad's funeral, they used that, and I thought, that's an awkward choice of words. Of course, it was the military putting on their little 21-gun salute. And it was a little more, you know, kind of in that context, whereas sure, here, right. it's, it's, it's it's just Marxist doctrine. That's Somebody yeah. pulled this well, out of some Marxist textbook and redressed it and applied it to this cause.
1: Uh, Yeah, and and people perceive that that cause is uh, I would venture to say nine out of 10 people if you ask them, what is the first thing they think of when they think of Black Lives Matter, the group or organization? I would venture to say that probably one in a 100 would give you totally something that would be completely out of character with these uh, with these specific, uh, what do they call it? Uh, What we believe criteria? Uh
0: huh.
1: Uh huh. And, and maybe even more than that. Um, It very distinctly has to do with, I mean, when you look at it, it is so we we acknowledge respect and celebrate differences and commonalities. It's just more platitudes. We recommit to healing ourselves and each other and to co creating alongside comrades, allies, and a fam, uh, and family, a culture where each person feels seen, heard and supported. Uh, just well, well, you know, we're profound we're the platitudes
0: we see ourselves as part of the global black family, and we are aware of the different ways we are impacted or privileged as black people who exist in different parts of the world. We're unapologetically exactly. black in our positioning, and we do not, we need not qualify our position.
1: love and desire freedom and justice for ourselves is a prerequisite for wanting the same for others. So essentially, this is black gays, black transgenders, uh, ostensibly, um, Uh black sodomites. um, And of course, this is their we're guided by the fact that all black lives matter, regardless of actual perceived sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression, economic status, ability, disability, religious beliefs or disbeliefs, immigration status or location. Now That, that has nothing to do, as I say, most people would think it has to do with a racial or a, you know, uh, an organization that is highly charged in terms of their race. And this is the farthest thing from the truth. I mean, it for most people, I believe, uh, I if you would ask me before you spoke here just a few minutes ago, uh, I've never gone to their website, I'd never even typed it in. But since you were on, I decided I'll type it in and take a look at what you're talking about and uh, Uh I'm looking at it. I'm looking at (laughs) it. And uh, yeah, I would I would have never I would have been as wrong as anybody else that you would ask the question of. And perhaps you should have started you should have started by asking me that question and you I would have looked the fool.
0: At the University of Texas in Austin. The coach led the black and I'm assuming maybe some of the white players, from the university to the capital, in unison and unity, to show his respect for Black Lives Matters, at which the players demanded that all monies generated through athletics, 15% was to go to Black Lives Matters organization, 15%. Now you're talking about one of the richest, um, one of the wealthiest school systems in the world because they suck the West Texans drive all their oil and uh, take it back to the forest and, and buy their Taj Mahal schools for this desert oil money. But uh, 15%, I suspect, is a pretty good chunk of change out of several billion dollars to fund this uh, Marxist organization and that's just one little piece of the pie. You know? So in
1: other words, so in other words, Russell is paying for it.
0: <laughs> you got it again again,
1: well, yeah, this is something that we brought up several weeks ago, of course, um, where we were talking about these organizations um, that are actually receiving funds right now because they were they were basically organized and formed, many of them, during the Obama administration, given their 501c3 tax-exempt status, and they've been kicking off, you know, and... Uh, So forth, I I would be curious to know I don't know if you had ever seen anything or heard anything uh, What is the current? um, You know level of funding Um,
0: I don't know But I can tell you this you couldn't go paint Jesus in any major city in America on the main street about a half a mile long no way no way what would they call that they would call that uh, they got words for it Jesus freaks but as I was reading as I was reading some of this I was replacing everywhere I saw the word black and people I was replacing it with white people And I was thinking to myself, how far, how much money would I get from 7-Eleven Corporation or Pepsi-Cola for this bold proclamation? And I bet you they probably wouldn't even donate.
1: Well, I don't know what they've got, but right here's one article here. Fox Business uh, says the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation has established a fund worth more than 12 million to aid organizations fighting institutional racism, etc. So um, whatever they have, they've got at least 12 million because they're funding organizations. Um, Six million now to support black lead grassroots.
0: Uh, now if you uh, dare see. if you dare challenge this movement, guess what the script says to reply? For instance, if Doug said well Russell White Lives Matter too, their script is this. How dare you marginalize black people? How dare you? Uh,
1: Beginning July 1, affiliated chapters can apply for unrestricted funding of up to a half a million dollars in multi-year grants. Um, So that's uh, Uh, so the surge of financial support adds to roughly 3.4 million, let's see, 3.4 million in net assets the BLM Global Network had on hand last year. Well, I guess I don't know how they can support $12 million in funds when they've only got 3.4 in net assets. Um, but, you know, the uh, uh, That's not for us to question ever. Yeah. Good evening, Rich. Black Lives Matter. uh, uh, Russell just brought to our attention the uh, What We Believe page of the Black Lives Matter organization. It's quite enlightening. You ever gone to the Black Lives Matter web page?
2: No, I haven't been there.
1: What do you if I was to ask, if I was to ask you what what would you think that the Black Lives Matter organization uh, would be about or what its mission statement would be? Uh, what would you care uh, to offer as a suggestion as to what you think it is?
2: Uh, we know it's a Marxist organization, it's communist. And I guess they're funneling donated money by hundreds of these corporations to the DNC.
0: Here's a newsflash, wow. urgent, urgent, fund the movement. We appreciate your support of the movement and our ongoing fight to end state-sanctioned violence liberate black people and end white supremacy forever Black mm-hmm. and load <laughs> race baiters and white haters
2: yeah you guys ever go on uh, steve quayle's site
1: Yep. Not very much. I've been there but he, not very much.
0: He used to twenty years ago. What's his yeah, name now?
1: Yeah, it's just, Yeah,
2: maybe so Maybe He's got a few he's he's got some good articles and some of them are just junk. Yeah. You know, fear porn. I think I just went on Rent's site yesterday. Rentz had a one on on why the Jews hate whites and the Jews aren't, aren't a white race. Pretty interesting. Got a lot of lot of uh, quotes from um, rabbis in there and your, um leading thinkers going back to like 1912 and just calling for the hatred of the white people.
1: Yeah, you know, which really is, I think more of the focus of my thoughts over the last several months, in fact, too, is this whole issue of, you know, I've said to several people, When you listen to many of the things that are being said, um, we could agree. I, I, I I would have to say that I think we could agree with many of the things that are being said. The problem is is that these people don't have a clue who is striking them. And these people are just the tools And wherever, wherever you find disenfranchisement, if you will, for lack of a better term, or wherever you find oppression, wherever you find these kinds of uh, situations in a society, um, then you will have those who will act upon it. And I'm not talking about the rank and file out there protesting, I'm talking about those in the upper uh, income brackets who see this as an opportunity, just as Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste. I had an email from my sister the other day, and uh, there was a question and I, I responded, the answer is this, never let a good crisis go to waste. Whenever you have an opportunity to make your enemy appear as despicable and wicked, then you act upon it. And that's exactly what Esau Edom has been doing. Whenever he sees an opportunity to portray Jacob Israel as wicked and evil, he goes out of his way to make sure of it. Not only that is that he also places the obstacles or the hurdles or Um, How did Christ put it? Um, A stumbling block. Uh, They are always putting the stumbling blocks in the way, the enticements and so forth. Um, So this is something that clearly has to be understood and I know we get it, but there are so many out there who do not and even those in these, you know, just like this one statement to love and desire freedom and justice for ourselves is a prerequisite for wanting the same for others. They don't even have any idea about freedom and justice, apparently, because there is no freedom in and justice that whatever they are intending to arrive at is going to be accomplished by the ways that they're doing it because if they go into full Marxism and full communism, there won't be any freedom and justice. So they're completely delusional.
2: But there are so freedom, many people is, that justice happens when they get rid of the whites. Well, yeah, well, because,
0: when they had their camp in Seattle, See, the definition of, of liberation is freedom from restraint. They had their six blocks completely free from any restraint. And how many people were murdered there and raped and Village. stolen from? They had their liberation there, didn't they, for about a, three weeks or two?
2: Mm-hmm. Definitely sure. what they could do.
0: Yeah, and then somebody made a phone call and say this is not playing well for us. End it. Yep. It's gone. It's gone. So now they've moved over to Wendy's in Georgia. And I heard today that the Wendy's that they burned to the ground was a black-owned franchise, Wendy's. All black workers are out of a job now. That's their new camp. Have you heard about it? Well, yeah, yeah, but you see, eight-year-old girl yeah. murdered not before last or something. No restraint there, is there?
2: You can only black sh- on black crime. Yeah, let's.
1: Uh, let me share with you a little bit about the the liberating um, doctrine. Now the adversary was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said it unto the adversary, Well, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the adversary said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God does know in the day that you eat thereof, that you will be liberated. Your eyes will be uh-huh. open. You'll be as God's knowing good and evil.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It sure does. Your first Feminazi liberation scam. <laughs>
1: Well, we don't even need to refer to it as a feminazi liberation scam. It was a liberation scam in which they used the woman in which to carry it forward. Nothing new mm-hmm. under the sun.
2: The Nothing new under the flight. sun.
1: Yeah, let's let's read from their thing here. Uh let's see. Uh where was that? Uh Uh, Here, let's start with this. Let's start with this. We are self reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk, especially black trans women who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. Oh, okay. Well, so so 911, what is your emergency? My untrans boyfriend is being abusive and violent toward me and I am disproportionately trans. Well, I'm sorry, we're not able to come into your community. Well, what do you suggest I do? Well, I suggest you leave and if you can't leave and he beats you up or kills you, will send somebody from the social department to come over there and collect up your body. We build a space that affirms black women, and is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centered. We practice empathy, we engage comrades with the intent to learn about and connect with their contexts. We make our spaces family friendly and able and enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they can mother in private even as they participate in public justice work. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure required by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another especially our children to the degree to the degree that mothers parents and children are comfortable we foster a queer blm affirming uh, what
2: the blm manifesto
1: that is what it is it is the BL, blm manifesto we foster a queer affirming network When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual, unless he or he, they disclose otherwise. Boy, I tell you what, Russell, I'm really glad you brought that to my attention. I feel a whole lot better now about Black Lives Matter.
0: I thought you might, you know.
1: I certainly, I certainly now understand the organization, Uh and I think rightly the black guy that you heard, you know, and there's been a number of them. There's a number of blacks out there that. This isn't who they are. This isn't what they what they see in America. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. You know, clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the same stuff that we see all the time. It's the, it's the stuff that's in our face in order to conjure in our minds, uh, the idea that there's such gross disparity, there's such gross injustice. And this is what these people have been about for years. yeah uh, you talk about Christianity um, this is all about tearing down the command or the word of God and that's what happened there in Genesis was the command of God went out and his command is his word his word is the law the command went out do thus or don't do thus and um It is it is and has been rejected by the adversary of the God of creation pure and simple. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting to me, I was in the book of Jeremiah chapter 34 And I don't think this is completely off base of the introduction that we just had here, learning about Black Lives Matter. Um, and their mission statement. And I would encourage those of you who do uh, listen to these archives to take some time and type it in and go take a look at it. So you have a little better perspective of what it's all about if you didn't before. Um, the word which came unto Jeremiah in 34.1 from the Lord when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon and his army. You know, there's so many good things to, to learn about this. If I were to just stop myself for a minute, um, going into um, uh, chapter 28, um, chapter 29 of Jeremiah going on, the, the prophecy in 30 and 31, um, the New Covenant it spoke about in 31, 31. Um, it's just, you know, so much good information there to remind ourselves about, I guess, is, um, Probably as a precursor to 34:1, what I should do is stop uh, at uh, 33, But um, 33. Uh, let me just say this: 33, chapter chapter 33, Jeremiah, and verse 15. This is where we learn of the uh, branch of righteousness that's going to grow up unto David. And um, this is where we're told about the covenant that uh, God says, if you can break my covenant of the day, my covenant of the night, there at verse 20. um, Just the prophecies about what he was doing with Jacob Israel and the mercy that he was going to have. 34, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah from the Lord when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon and his army and all the kingdoms of the earth of his dominion and all the people fought against Jerusalem and against all the cities thereof, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Go and speak to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and tell him. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. Thou shalt not escape out of his hand, but shalt be surely taken and delivered into his hand, and thine eyes shall behold the eyes of the king of Babylon, and he shall speak with thee mouth to mouth, and thou shalt go to Babylon. Hear you the word of the Lord, O Zedekiah king of Judah. Thus says the Lord of thee, Thou shalt not die by the sword, but thou shalt die in peace, and with the burnings of thy fathers, the former kings which were before thee, so shall they burn odors for thee, and they will lament thee, saying, Ah, Lord, I have pronounced the word, says the Lord. Then Jeremiah the prophet spake all these words unto Zedekiah, king of Judah, in, in Jerusalem, when the king of Babylon's army fought against Jerusalem and against all the cities of Judah that were left, against Lachish, against Ezekiah, uh, or rather Azekah, for these defense cities remained of the cities of Judah. So you have Judah, Lachish, and Ezekiel, the three cities that remained of basically the, the Judah tribe cities and Jeremiah is instructed here to go to the head to go to the leader and this is something that I think that people forget sometimes is that God wanted his prophets to go to the leaders and then proclaim things to the leaders This is the word that came unto Jeremiah from the Lord at verse eight. After that, the king Zedekiah made a covenant with all the people which were at Jerusalem to proclaim liberty unto them, that every man should let his manservant and every man his maidservant, being a Hebrew or a Hebrewess, to go free, that none should serve himself of them, to wit, of a Judahite, his brother. Now I know the translation is a Jew. But if you look that up, you'll find that it's Yehudi. And that is a Judahite or a Judahite. So that none should serve himself of them to wit of a Judahite, his brother. So in other words, they were instructed by Zedekiah, that they were to have a year of release. Now when all the princes and all the people which had entered into the covenant, Heard that everyone should let his man servant and everyone his maid servant go free, that none should serve themselves of them any more, then they obeyed and let them go. But afterward they turned and caused the servants and the handmaids whom they had let go free to return and brought them into subjection for servants and for handmaids. Now, I had read that before and I'd always wondered, how is it? that in just that one paragraph, we're told that they entered a covenant to let the people go free from bondage, essentially, amongst their own kinship, and turned around as soon as they'd let him go and said, no, I'm not gonna live like this. You, you come back and serve me and brought him back into bondage brought them back into subjection. And it reminds me a whole lot of a two year and a four year election cycle.
2: <laughs> you follow me?
0: Absolutely. And I've heard this so many times in the last three weeks. If Trump doesn't get reelected, this country's finished. To which I always reply, he's the president now. He can't find a crime in Comey, Hillary Clinton. He can't get an attorney general that can bring one charge against these people. And yet 12 FBI people people went down there to investigate Bubba race car drivers. Jim Doerr? Explain that one to me, Doug. His garage door, 12 agents to inspect a noose that pulls the door down to make sure it wasn't hate. You can't hate a country more than Comey hates this country and everything it stands for, and sabotage, and sedition, and treason. But you don't dare go after that one, do you, Doug? All right.
2: No, he's not that good at draining flops, is he? There's certainly isn't half-
1: proven to be, is he, Rich? Okay. I said he certainly isn't proven to be, is he?
2: About three and a half years, and I don't think he's turned the pump on
1: Uh, Yeah, it it does kind of make you wonder if somebody has lost the switch or if somebody can't find a place to plug it in, right?
2: Something's going on.
0: Well, my point is we had Obama for eight years. Had had this stuff occurred when Obama was in there, there would have been rioting in the streets. But since it's uh, Mr. Trump, he's got it all under control. He can put in these losers in the Supreme Court. Nobody questions them. He can he can spend trillions and trillions of dollars. Nobody cares because he's our man. He's going to lead us out of Egypt, didn't he? When is he going to start?
1: We'll see. And and that's my whole point. Every two to four years, we have a politician, a leader in Israel, in the United States of America, for those that don't know who Israel is in the United States of America. We have these politicians tell us that they're going to free us from our bondage. They enter into a covenant with us, don't they? Yeah. And this is exactly what they did here with Zedekiah, they entered now when all the princes and all the people which had entered into the covenant heard that everyone should let his manservant and everyone his maidservant go free, that none should serve themselves of them anymore, then they obeyed and let them go. So we're constantly wanting someone to let us go free. We are constantly searching for someone to enter the covenant with us that will release us from the bondage that has been yoked upon us. But afterward, they turned and caused the servants, the handmaids, who they had let go free to return and brought them into subjection for servants and for handmaids once again. And the thing I like about this is what God says right here in verse 12. Therefore the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondmen, saying, At the end of seven years let you go every man his brother, a Hebrew, which has been sold unto thee, and when he has served these six years, thou shalt let him go free from thee, but your father's it not unto me, neither inclined their ear. You were now turned, and, ha- and you were now turned and had done right in my sight in proclaiming liberty every man to his neighbor. And you'd made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name. But you turned and polluted my name and caused every man his servant and every man his handmaid, whom you had set at liberty at their pleasure to return and brought them into subjection to be unto you for servants and for handmaids again.
2: And this happens to us every two
1: and every four years. And I've got to ask, when God sees what's going on, does he look at us? Because we look at the various ways in God, which God has interacted in the past, and we certainly see the bondage here in America and certainly in other nations by who? Esau, Edom. But the Israelites love to have it sold they like their houses without building them themselves. They like having money available to them at 100% of value to repay it at three times what they've borrowed. Because they don't want to work for it on their own without debt or they won't insist that their leaders relieve them of this oppression and so you have people out here who are disenfranchised who are feeling the oppression but i know these things are not about the oppression i know that these are the tools that the oppressors use to bring in the divisions to tighten the news to create more laws And quite frankly, it occurred to me here more this week than ever how Esau Edom continues to do this and he's frustrated right now. In some respects, I don't think he likes being one-outed by Muslims who are saying, you're the oppressor, you Edomites. And so they push back and say, no, we're not. And then they foment this stuff in America with the racial stuff to say, well, it's Whitey who's the oppressor. And all the while, the oppressor is never identified as
0: the oppressor. At least, in,
2: at least in Egypt, they knew who was making them make more bricks. And the the thing, again,
1: but you turned and you polluted my name. America's Christians, the church world in America does not, and the church world at large, does not see this, does not recognize it, will not acknowledge it. They will not acknowledge that they pollute his name when they refuse to do according to his will. Verse 17, therefore thus says the Lord, you have not hearkened unto me in proclaiming liberty, every one to his brother and every man his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim a liberty for you, says the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, to the famine, and I will make you to be removed
2: into all the kingdoms of the earth. Hallelujah. I didn't even get an amen
0: <laughs> <laughs> amen
2: <laughs> that's a pretty hard one to have to take isn't it though
0: yeah
1: I mean is that not just priceless what God says therefore you've not hearken unto me and proclaiming Liberty everyone To his brother and every man his neighbor, behold, I proclaim a liberty for you. To the sword, to the pestilence, and to the famine, I will make you to be removed to all into all the kingdoms of the earth. And this is why we lament. We lament because we see the hand of God moving upon America, because we will not do according to His will. And Esau Edom is doing exactly what Esau has always done. He hates his brother. He will do anything to see to it that his brother is in decline while he appears to be on the incline. And Ishmael's no better because Ishmael would like to as an Assyrian come in and sweep in and take the people off into his captivity. I will give them men, verse 18, I will give the men that have transgressed my covenant, which have not performed the works, the words of the covenant which they made before me, when they cut the calf in two and passed between the parts thereof, So they, in essence, had even gone through the sacrificial ritual and the atonement uh, penance by cutting the calf in two and passing between the parts. The princes of Judah and the princes of Jerusalem, the eunuchs and the priests, and all the people of the land which pass between the parts of the calf. I will even give them into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of them that seek their life, and their dead bodies shall be for meat unto the fowls of the heaven and to the beasts of the earth. I just don't like this God of the Old Testament. He's so mean. I just don't see the love But it's pretty poetic in terms of justice, isn't it? Yep. You know, you think about what they've been saying. I I like that verse in Luke chapter one, that series of verses in Luke chapter one, it's one of my favorite where Zachariah speaks. And, you know, I think we even touched on it last week. And Zechariah, let's see, we're in Luke chapter 1, starting with 68, 67. And his father, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham that the world, excuse me, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of thy life.
2: The system is wrong.
1: The system is adversarial to God. So God is basically stopped from putting our enemies at peace with us flip with me over to Proverbs chapter 16. because This is what triggered me on that. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Well,
2: that's powerful. Isn't it though? And so,
1: what did God say? You know, you really pleased me when you proclaimed this release. I'm down to three cities in Jerusalem, or three cities, yeah, in in Jerusalem, the land of Jerusalem. I'm down to three cities. King Zedekiah, you did right. Your ways pleased me. And I, I could have been, I could have been, or it could have been, a source of peace with your enemies.
0: Yeah, where it could first have just read that. 16, Proverbs 16, verse 7.
1: Proverbs 16
0: and 7. Keep going.
1: So basically, I just saying, you know, God was stopped from making our enemies. The enemies of Zedekiah, which was the king of Babylon, coming to destroy Lachish, uh, Zika, and Jerusalem. And so he was a stop from preventing the enemies from coming any farther. And so it is in America. We are unwilling as a Christian body of believers believing in the God of Jacob Israel and and it's no wonder why because they have The Christian looking to that land over there and saying, Behold, there is our salvation there, while they will not abide in his will here to receive his salvation here.
2: Glad? Well,
0: let me read this now in introverted scripture. When a man's ways are not pleasing to the Lord, he makes Mm -hmm. even his enemies to be at war with him.
1: Amen. Amen. I mean, talk about a great way to reverse the psychology of the scripture.
0: Well, that was talking while you're while you're I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just said Peter Peters taught me that. That inversion stuff. Yep. Yeah. and it does. It, it crystallizes a thought real
1: well. Um, I was reading another one Proverbs 28. And I took it from the Young's literal translation 28 4, Proverbs 28 4. The the well, let me just start with 28 the wicked when no man The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. For the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof. That's an interesting one. But by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. So he's saying a transgression, the transgression of a land is filled with princes that are in the transgression basically. But a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be prolonged. And so we're seeking for a prolonging of the state of our nation, being a state of nation not in transgression, but we haven't, we haven't put away the transgression. So how can we have the state of our nation be prolonged? And back to that whole thing if Donald Trump doesn't get elected, well, yeah. Then if he doesn't get elected, we have not prolonged our state and our destruction is imminent. A poor man that oppresses the poor is like a sweeping rain which leaves no food. They that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. Now I wanna read that out of Young's Literal. 28.4. 28.4. Those forsaking the law praise the wicked. Those keeping the law plead against them, the them being the forsakers. Those keeping the law plead against the forsakers. Those that forsake the law praise the wicked. When we forsake the law, we give praise and glory to the wicked. When we keep the law, we plead against the forsakers of the law. We could go back to Genesis. In keeping the command of God.
0: Wait, wait just a minute. That verse five, you know, you sit here and you you try to rationalize this so-called Democratic Party and certain aspects of the Republican Party, and number five spells it out, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, I've got it underlined. I've got it underlined in my Bible. Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things.
0: So we know they're not seeking the Lord, don't
1: we? Drop on down to verse nine. He that turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination.
2: Wow!
1: And would to God that we could give Christians in America the idea that if they would put away their wickedness, that if they would repent of something, and that they would actually stop doing something, like oppressing the poor through these oppressive means that are upon us, beginning with the fiat currency and the usury, which is oppressing us most significantly economically but that would require putting the users out and even implementing the law of God for the death penalty for the user. You know we're told in second Timothy 316 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. For doctrine for reproof for instruction and in righteousness. I think that's a fairly accurate paraphrase. But apparently today's Christian world doesn't really believe that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and would be profitable. Because it seems to me that Jeremiah 34 that we're reading in is a pretty profitable um, prophecy as we look at our cities being destroyed and being burned. You know, I, I thought about that. I thought, you know, there was only three cities left in in Judah. And I thought, you know, we've got cities on fire and so forth we've got a lot of cities left in America I just wonder just wonder you know we've got a long ways to go guys before we're down to three cities God is graceful full of grace and mercy Matthew three seven, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto you, and unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come Matthew fourteen four. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. You see? We're told in those scriptures that we read in Proverbs that um, if we forsake the law, we're going to give praise to the wicked. Well, John the Baptist here, he didn't forsake the law. He told them it's not lawful for you to take your brother's wife So he spoke. He pleaded against the forsaker. Lost his head for it. Yeah.
0: I suspect he got a new one. Later
1: on. But I understand he's got a pretty powerful position in the heavens. Romans chapter 1, verse 32. With, oh, let's start with 31. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So even though they know the judgment of God, and they know that they are forsakers of the law. They forsake it anyway. Ephesians chapter 5 for you New Testament Christians, I'm still there. (laughs) Chapter 5 We're told To have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. 5 Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Let's go back to the Old Testament for one in Nehemiah. Nehemiah Nehemiah 13 uh... Then contended I with the rulers and said, Why is this house of God forsaken? I gathered them together and set them in their place. Dropping down to verse 15. Well, Let's start with 14. Um, I'll go to 15. In those days saw I in Judah some treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in sheaves and la- lading asses, uh, as also wine, grapes, and figs, and all manner of burdens which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in that day wherein they sold victuals. <clears throat> Verse 17, then I contended with the nobles of Judah and said unto them, what evil thing is this that you do and profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers thus, and did not our God bring all this evil upon us and upon this city? yet you bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath. You know, when you think about it, those that are unwilling to release the oppression and the bondage, they're enemies. They're
2: absolute yeah.
1: enemies. Let's go back to Jeremiah 34 because I think we should hear the conclusion of the matter. That we might have some more inspiration out of Jeremiah 34. I think we left off about 15, 16, 17, 18. God says, I will give the men that have transgressed my covenant, which have not performed the words of the covenant which they had made before me when they cut the calf in two and passed between the parts thereof, the princes of Judah and the princes of Jerusalem, the eunuchs, and the priests and all the people of the land which pass between the parts of the calf, I will even give them into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of them that seek their life, and their dead bodies shall be for meat unto the fowls of the heaven and to the beasts of the earth. Zedekiah, king of Judah and his princes, will I give into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of them that seek their life and into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, which are gone up from you. Behold, I will command, says the Lord, and cause them to return to this city. They shall fight against it, take it, burn it, and I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without an inhabitant. But
2: God's changed. He's a a new man,
1: he knows we're just sinners and that we can't possibly keep his word, we're covenant breakers, but I do like the fact that he gave those princes a little special treatment. Probably a companion, I guess, to go with this would be Ezekiel chapters 8 and 9. We won't have time to go into them all. It's not terribly long, but uh, we probably could. I suppose there's 15 minutes here before the top of the hour. but um, Yeah, maybe I'll go through it. Um, I've talked about this before those that sigh and cry uh, 8 chapter 1 Ezekiel It came to pass in the sixth year in the sixth month fifth day of the month I sat in my house and my elders and the elders of Judah sat before me at the hand of the Lord God fell there upon me then I beheld and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire from the appearance of his loins even downward fire and from his loins even upward as the appearance of brightness the color of amber he put forth the form of a hand took me by a lock of my head spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven brought me in the visions of God's to Jerusalem to the door of the inner gate that looks toward the north where was the seed of the image of jealousy which provokes to jealousy behold the glory of God of Israel was there according to the vision that I saw on the plain. then said he unto me, Son of man, lift up your eyes now the way toward the north. So I lifted up my eyes the way toward the north and beheld northward at the gate of the altar of his image of jealousy in the entry. He said further unto me, Son of man, seest thou what they do, even the great abominations that the house of Israel commits here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary, but turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. He brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold a hole in the wall. Then said he unto me, son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold a door. <laughs> he said unto me, go in and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things, an abomination, abominable beasts, all the idols of the house of Israel, portrayed upon the wall round about. excuse me you know when I read that again last night I thought of God bringing one of his prophets into Washington DC for example and you know raising you up by the lock of the hair and says look at all these idols these statutes these abominations and and when I say this I know it's very affronting to a lot of people because you know we love America it it is a country that God gave us Um, we have greatly polluted it I would that more would recognize that and understand and see the evil of our ways and see the idolatry that we practiced in it So I don't say it to appear more righteous or anything I I say it in a way of trying to awaken and then and then imagine he says now come and he brings you and says look through this little hole here and and you see the congressional hall you know and, and you see the statutes lining the hallways and just like it says here all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about am I making sense I really think so, and and just imagine being Ezekiel and seeing this and seeing it as creeping things. And when you look at those people, those leaders in Washington, you know, do they not almost appear to us as creeping things? They're they're they have no conscience. They they don't seem to recognize what they what they are doing and the destruction and the oppression that they brought upon the land. And there stood before them seventy men of the ancients of the house of Israel, and in the midst of them stood Jehazaniah, the son of Shafan, with every man his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imagery? For they say, The Lord sees us not. The Lord has forsaken the earth. He said also unto me, Turn you now again, and now shall see great abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and now shalt see greater abominations than these. He brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men, with their backs toward the temple of the Lord, and their faces toward the east, and they worshiped the sun toward the east. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing in the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they filled the land with violence and have turned to provoke me to anger and lo, the branch. And they put the branch to their nose. That's an idiom there. And I forgot what that means. I'll have to look that up again. I don't even want to try and paraphrase what I thought what I'm thinking I remember it to be but 18, therefore will I also deal in fury, mine eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity, and though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet I won't won't hear them. 9, 1, he cried also in my ears with a loud voice, saying, cause them that have charge over the city to draw near, even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. Behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth toward the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand, and one man among them was clothed with linen with a rider's inkhorn by his side, and they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. The glory of God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was, to the threshold of the house. He called to the man clothed with linen, which had the rider's inkhorn by his side. Verse 4, chapter 9, Ezekiel. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the forehead of the men that sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And I say, praise the Lord. He was willing, even in the sight of all this, to look to the remnant that sighed, set a mark upon the foreheads of them that sigh. And that cry for all the abominations and to the others he said in my hearing go you after him through the city and smite let not your eyes spare neither have pity slay utterly old and young both maids and the little children and women but come not near any man upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house and he said unto them defile the house And fill the courts with the slain, go you forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. It came to pass while they were slaying them, and I was left, that I fell upon my face and cried and said, Ah, Lord God, will thou destroy all the residue of Israel in thy pouring out of thy fury upon Jerusalem? Then said he unto me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceeding great, and the land is full of blood. city full of perverseness for they say the Lord has forsaken the earth and the Lord sees not. As for me also my eye shall not spare neither will I have pity but I will recompense their way upon their head. Behold the man clothed with linen which had the inkhorn by his side reported the matter saying I have done as thou hast commanded me." Wow. We are leaders in America today and certainly Jacob Israel's leaders as I see it across the world cannot apologize or make enough apologetic moves or enough acquiescences fast enough to allow the wicked to permeate and prevail in their land, the land that God has given them to dwell. and they cannot recognize the abominations that they're allowing to have occur. Whether it's in America, Europe, Italy, France, Greece, Germany, Spain. There is an enemy of Jacob Israel And it's a war of the Antichrist. And the church world today still doesn't even recognize the scriptures which teach us that there are many Antichrists already in the world. And if they could have recognized that, maybe they wouldn't be looking for the one Antichrist that they believe is going to rise up in the land of Israel. It clearly is an Antichrist, and it's Esau-Edom. He was Antichrist. He is anti-God. He was anti the ways of God because he rejected his father's counsel. And not just rejected his father's counsel because that happens to a lot of men. But he would not repent, and there's a big difference.
0: Amen. Yeah, because you have David is a good example. He could Absolutely. have gone up in a flame of glory had he not done one. The one thing that saved his bacon he fell down, didn't he, and humbled himself and realized just exactly who he sinned against and begged for mercy, didn't he? Sure did. And it saved his life.
1: Yeah, it saved his life and saved the life of many, but it also cost the life of many.
0: Yeah, but yeah, but David, David caused the death of many. Right through his, through his. Uh, let face it, he let his guard down, didn't he? Yeah, you and
1: know, I'm, is God actually, not?
0: our struggle, don't let your guard down, humble yourself, humble
1: yourself. And, and God has routinely said, should I not bring judgment upon the land when there's sin in the land? And he's shown us that he'll bring judgment upon the land, even if there's one who's sin.
2: Uh-huh. Right. We see
0: the fall. Yeah. If you if you want to see somebody headed down, look up and watch them bragging about their self. it won't be. Long. And America's
1: done. America's done a fair amount of that, haven't they?
0: Yeah. You know it, it was.
1: Uh, yeah, it's not enough to be the shining city on a hill. But it's then to um, allow all of the wickedness while proclaiming that you're the shining city on the hill. Yeah. Fourth of
0: July, we had people celebrating the freedom with their mask, their mandated mask on. Singing. at least they knew they're free while they tightened up their mask.
2: I sent you
1: you and Rich both an email on that. Did you uh, get a chance to review that as an option for you as you go about the...
0: I got 10 minutes into it.
1: I haven't finished it. Um, yeah, I was gonna. I sent you sent the second email saying start. You know, you could go to ten minutes and and catch a little bit there, and then I think it was general information between there and about thirty minutes. Um, uh, I probably could have summarized it for you, and probably should have, so you didn't have to waste the time. But basically, um, he was. Um, he was suggesting that individuals could uh, if they were stopped to say that there was a medical um,
0: condition. Um,
1: yeah, the medical condition uh, would prevent you from doing that. And they can't, the police department can't inquire into your medical condition. Now they could still potentially give you a citation, I suppose. Um, but I thought it was a worthwhile suggestion, um, and if you wound up in court, you'd have to support that somehow, I guess, and that would be the question, I guess, but, um, it was just a thought as I was thinking about both you guys, and that came across my email from, uh, one of Hoskins, uh, old fellows, old Fritz, so, um, I thought, well, I'll
0: pass it on. Uh Another t- useful tip is just carry a bandana, and uh, as needed, pull out, put it over your nose, just like you're blowing your nose, and there's not a thing they can do about it.
1: Yeah, and, and also with that, you know, be sure and have your six-shooter so that in case you need to exercise that when you walk into your local 7-Eleven, you can see what they've got in the cash register, and that uh-huh. might that might. That might help you a little bit through your day as well.
2: <laughs> it's Big crazy, isn't it? Why the numbers are so high and the deaths are so low? Oh,
1: I I clearly think it's all I I wouldn't t- trust those things. Hey, Russell, tell um tell Rich your story about from your nurse friend.
2: They
0: the got curious. The yeah, they got curious and sent in two tests that were unopened, and they came back positive. So got a little more curious and sent ten of them or a dozen of them in, and they all came back positive. And 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 is that so weird to think that that could be possible? You got to get the numbers up before you can get the fear up.
2: Right. Well, we. have They changed the way that they count COVID now. The new way that they're counting it, and you can go under the state department and under health, um, I think there's a COVID section. What they do is if you test positive for COVID and they say, and they ask you for tracing and they trace like eight or nine people that you've been close to, you're number one and they add all the other people to the number. Even though they never were tested or anything, they are assumed as COVID. So one person can be worth 10 or 15 or 20. That's why the numbers are so skyrocketing.
1: Well, I heard today that the deaths the deaths in America was now at 200,000. Um, So uh, I know there's still a big disparity between number of cases and deaths, but 200,000 is a pretty significant uh, number of deaths. But I also know that those deaths cannot all be COVID because of the way they're counting the deaths also. So even if we were to say the deaths were 50% of that, and we're still at 100,000, it's, it's a little bit stronger than a typical virus, uh, flu virus or whatever, but it's not out of the ordinary, and had we had more herd immunity uh, earlier, then we might not have even had a level to 100,000. So, I mean, we don't even know what that number truthfully is. So, um, but yeah, like you said, they got to get the fear up.
0: You, you know what a synonym for asymptomatic is? Ready for this one, get Doug? Go well you're well
1: right yeah. yeah and and you know what asymptomatic covid means go ahead uh asymptomatic covid is you have fever or chills cough shortness of breath fatigue, muscle or body aches, headache, loss of taste, nausea, vomiting, congestion, runny nose, diarrhea. that's, that's, That's what asymptomatic COVID means. So that's kind of the opposite of well, isn't it?
0: Well, my point being when they tell you you're asymptomatic, that means you have no symptoms. So that's where I say you're well. Right. Somebody could come up to you, Doug, and say you've got asymptomatic cancer. I'm glad it's not symptomatic. It's just ridiculous, the term. You could very easily say he shows no symptoms of COVID.
1: Right. Yeah, they've got another. Another from the WHO International: Asymptomatic laboratory confirmed case is a person infected with COVID-19 who does not develop symptoms. Asymptomatic transmission refers to transmission of the virus from a person who does not develop sy- symptoms. Did you guys hear recently that they're saying now that they are thinking that it it may be transmission transmittable through air? Yeah, and first for
0: for, they pick and choose what they need don't
1: they? Yeah, you know, for six, for, for six months, they couldn't determine that at all. And now all of a sudden, it's being determined that gosh, maybe it's just going through the air. Mm
2: hmm.
1: And we're just supposed to trust everything that they utter because after all, they're the elders.
0: Yeah. And when the testing goes up, the numbers are going up. So I would say that's called a correlation, isn't it?
1: I, I would absolutely. I think it's highly relevant that the more you test, the more the numbers go up. I, apparently, that everybody just thinks that's axiomatic, and, and I guess I'm just a conspiracy kook, but I find the more of those things that you're going to run through people, and, and for two reasons. Number one, you're going to get money when you have a positive case.
0: Absolutely.
1: And number two, never let a good crisis go to waste you can always apply for more money because the numbers have gone up. Now, I don't know what's going on in the case of Florida and Arizona with the numbers going up. But I would say it's because they're doing more testing. The question that I would have had, what would have happened had they not done any testing? Mm -hmm. In other words, unless you walk into a hospital, don't get a test. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I mean, it, you know, the, and
0: especially uh, the test is manufactured in China.
1: Exactly.
0: Ah, I swear. mean, is, is germ warfare so hard to uh, conceive? This thing is, is destroying our nation? Is it not?
2: Well, it's not the disease, it's the narrative that's kicking our butt. Well, that's well,
0: where, he, the media is the virus. That's you know,
1: what, I, I asked, I asked my wife, let's suppose that Biden becomes the new president. How long will it be before there's an announcement that COVID-19 is under control?
0: (laughs) About three weeks.
1: You know, that's that's the first question that I have in my mind. And if not, if that's not going to be the announcement in three weeks, as you say, then in three weeks will be the announcement that it's worse than we thought and and the entire operation is going to go into full sweep mode. And Mm -hmm. those are our two choices. Mm
2: -hmm. That's really
1: what I'm seeing on the horizon. And and I'm not so sure that one of those choices is not still on the horizon, even were Trump to be reelected. Yeah. In fact, because of the fact that he's reelected would potentially be that result. So, um, we're, in, we're in troubling times and I sigh and I pray that
2: whatever God's well,
1: will is in this, that he's willing to put a mark on our foreheads. Uh, that we, we be counted worthy of. of.
0: Uh... Oh, I want all of you, though, to, to remember all these bad apples that are writing books saying how kooky Mr. Trump is. He picked every one of them and boldly proclaimed their greatness at the time he picked them. All of them. Bolton is disgusting. Uh, he, he's either the most godly man that's ever taken over in America, or he's one of them. One of the two. Because they're unleashing the gates of, of hell on that man. <laughs> he's still standing, isn't he? I mean, now his his niece is coming after him tomorrow with her new book. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. Oh. We should pray for him if he if
2: family betray you like that, right?
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. What this is her third or fourth attempt she's done she's done several naughty things towards him in the past so I don't think they're gonna highlight that but is uh, she sued the family several times trying to get money she's not exact she's not exactly crystal clean she's kind of like that stripper that said uh, Trump. What, what what did she accuse him of? Pan pan or to keep him qu- keep it quiet. Her and her lawyer turned out to be real jewels, didn't they?
2: Yeah. They were good for the news cycle, weren't they?
0: Yeah. They and we hadn't heard, we hadn't heard much about Mr. Mueller lately, have we? He's kind of going to the wayside. Not a word about Ukraine lately. Notice how those things just disappear. Disappear. And we can't ask Joe Biden's sons any questions under oath, can we? Wouldn't look good.
1: I heard that I heard they arrested uh, a lady um, that was close to the Epstein ring that she was the one that was courting the children to be brought in to... She was the one grooming the children and stuff. Uh, I got depressed. an email. Huh?
0: She's very depressed. She's on suicide watch.
2: She is? I you know, wonder what, what the bits are like in Las Vegas whether so she's going to make it in <laughs>
0: yeah, they put they put her in the same cell he was in.
2: She'd be safe. You are yeah, what, kidding me, house? aren't you? Huh?
0: I wish I was. Now she's in the same uh, same jailhouse.
2: Oh boy. Lucky jail. She probably had seven.
0: Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's um, believable
0: yeah so so let's let somebody pray if Donald Trump be one of God pray safety and power and courage on that man right now
2: the Lord Heavenly the Lord. Father protect them go ahead rich Lord, if he belongs to you, protect your man. Amen. Power give him strength and wisdom. Hallelujah. If he isn't, we don't have anybody to vote for this time. Lord God, give us a leader that will do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen.
1: Yeah, Father. We uh, we know that we've committed a great error in not appointing righteous leaders and I've thought about that even today as to. How far we've wandered from that command that you gave us. To appoint righteous leaders and we've done everything we can to disregard. That which we should be doing and that which we should know to appoint righteous leaders. This election process has removed us about as far as it can be from appointing righteous rulers. Father, we know that it's not your way. We pray for his protection. You've instructed us to pray for our leaders. Father, this is a system that we've chosen over you. We don't like it. We don't like having to operate within it. At least I will speak for myself. I don't like it. Father, we're working with what we've got. We're praying for those that we believe can stand in a position to be able to make the change and make the difference. But Father, in three and a half years, as Brother Rich said, it seems like we'd be able to drain one person from that swamp and we haven't even drained one. So as far as the campaign promise, that one's been broken. And there's we many love. more. And so Father, I know it's an uphill battle when you're working against the wicked. You're one man. Father, we've been completely taken out of it as a people. We don't mean to stand here and backbite. We mean to be here in prayer and supplication that you'd hear our prayers and our cries and our sighs. Hey, Amen. wickedness our- and evil would, would be abated from amongst us. mm mm-hmm. And Father, we know we've got judgment coming. We feel like it's coming upon us because we have disobeyed. No doubt about it. There's no doubt about the fact that it's deserved. Father, we ask for your forgiveness. Left our entire nation of people up to you, our people all over the earth. We ask, Father, for you to remember that Prophetic prophecy that we would be delivered from our enemies once again. Know that we need that deliverance from our enemies. I ask these things and pray for it. Give thanks for the blessing you've given us and new children that have been born. And I pray, Father, and I thank you. I thank you for showing us that we are getting exactly what we have sown we are reaping exactly what we have sown
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and so for that I say thank you for the, the truth of your word and praise glory and honor be given to you for that recognition that we have in our hearts and in our minds that Judgment is upon us because we've been disobedient. We ask, Father, for your grace and mercy to remember us. Put those marks upon us when your day of wrath comes. Marks upon those that sigh. Thank you, Father, for knowing our needs, for knowing our concerns, and for knowing our love for you, for your will to be done on earth. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Well,
1: brothers, good visiting with you again, fellowshipping. I guess we'll sign off for another one.
2: Have a good week.
1: All right, you
0: guys as well. Good night now.
2: Good night, guys.